Thank you so much for joining us online. We want Bethany to be a place where people can get connected to God, to each other, and to the world. If you would like someone to talk to or to pray for you, you can email us at prayer at bethanysite.com. We also greatly appreciate everyone that gives so generously at Bethany. If you'd like to give, you can do so by clicking Give in the top right menu on our homepage at bethanysite.com. Again, thank you for joining us online. We hope that this service will be a blessing to you. Welcome to service this weekend. This might feel or look a little different than uh, maybe you're used to, or maybe it's your first time and you're like, wow, this is a really aggressive church. Like they're cheering and throwing shirts and doing raffles. I promise we won't do this next week. Maybe you're bummed about that. I kind of am. I'm I'm not going to lie. But I love that video for a couple reasons. Uh, It tells the story of both current and former students and really the impact that this youth ministry has had for so many, so many years. And really it speaks about a lot of things. One of them is legacy. There is a legacy that you see in that video. There was some folks that were a little bit older looking, a gal in a, a sport blazer. No, that's not one of our high schoolers. That's actually a former student of, of mine, actually, when I was the youth pastor here. Uh, and, and it's just so cool to see all the different households and different people that have been impacted by the ministry that's been going on here for quite a while. Um, you, you've seen all the things as you walked in. Things felt a little different. Like I said, it, it was all intentional. Like we, we did everything intentionally from the, the, the people outside welcoming you in, the, the signage, um, all the different uh, decorations, the merch table, the snack shack, all those things are kind of designed to help you kind of experience what students experience on a day-to-day basis when they do uh, youth ministry here. So I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're having a fun, fun time. Um, and, and like uh, John mentioned, that, that memory wall uh, is really, really important. We would love to see that memory wall completely full of just different memories from, from youth ministry opportunities or different ministries you've been involved in as a student. We just think that that's a really cool way to, to show an impact of what God's been doing in students' lives. So hope you'll do that and join us. We've been in the middle of this series we just started last week called Identity. And it was focused around that, that series or that verse in Ephesians 2.10 that says, we're God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so we're kind of centering this whole weekend around that. You might have seen some, some logos that say you matter now. It's up on the screen right now. It's on our shirts. It's all over the place. And we really want to theme this weekend around that, especially for students, because that's a really significant question that they ask continually. Do I matter? Do I matter? And so I thought we would interview a couple people that I think have the, their finger on, on the exact place where students are. They're, they're uh, such cool people, so much cooler than me. They, they can hang out with teenagers, which seems so hard anymore when you're 50. It's like, man, kids don't like me anymore. It's weird. But I want to introduce you to, to some of my very close friends. First, Sarah Parker. She's our junior high director. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a few fans, apparently. She's, she's grown up in the church. She, she was a student of mine, ended up interning, and, and ended up just being an incredible fit for our ministry and our program. And she does an incredible job. I was just with her at a track meet, just for an easy example. And she's handing out apple juice and applesauce pouches, like 
who thinks of that? I, I was just like, this is just foreign to me. But she's such a cool, cool leader and just connects with junior hires on a way that I've never seen. So super cool to have her here. And then John Carruthers, you might be like, I don't even know who this guy is. He's just up here doing a raffle. Um, you probably shouldn't know him because he's brand new. This is his first day on staff as our high school director. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You already have fans. Apparently there's fans already. Like, you're going to just blow this place up. It's going to be amazing. But he comes from Pennsylvania. So he spent the last week driving across the country. And he said, I want to be here for the Youth Takeover event. So he's here. Uh, we get to know him and hear his heart a little bit for ministry. But, but I want to start with a question as we start our panel that I think everybody wants to know, especially those of us that are kind of like, you know what? Youth ministry is great for those of us that like kids. But, you know... Maybe, maybe they're, they're great doing it. But, but some people that, that actually hang out with kids, they've got to have great stories, right? So I want to start by kind of breaking the ice a little bit, asking a question. What's your craziest youth story? Maybe it's a, a camp moment. Maybe it's just the most embarrassing moment. You probably have many. So it's going to be hard to pick. We'll start with Sarah. Why don't you answer? It is very hard to choose, but I remember one of my first camps. One of the greatest things about middle schoolers, you guys, is that they will do anything you tell them to as long as you do it with them. So <laughs> I, was, I was in high school at the time, and I volunteered as a junior in high school, and we went to a winter camp, and my girls named our cabin the Buwala Bears. Um, they were flying Buwala Bears, in fact. And I just remember, like, you know what? I'm going to run with it. They chose the name. We're going to do some fun stuff out here. And I made them form little wings on their backs with their hands. And we had a little cabin chant. It went like this. So if I had a lost student who needed to find me, or they were just like, I don't know where Sarah is or the rest of my cabin, they'd stand up in the middle of the field, wherever they were at, the craft barn, and they would just shout, like, until I came and found them and picked them up and would carry them with me. It was Everyone would stare, but you know what? We had a blast and a half, so. I was, I, I was hoping she'd pick an embarrassing story. That I think I'm going to use we, that as a tool for later, because that's actually the, really smart. We've got the right person for junior high ministry. That's, that's perfect. How about you, John? So, let's see. I was at a mission trip once, and sometimes whenever you go on a mission trip, there's a lot of downtime where you kind of have to entertain yourselves. So, we decided to play this game called What are the Odds? In essence, how this game works is I would be like, hey, Sarah, what are the odds you pick up your phone? Sorry, Siri just, Whoa. sorry, Siri, oh. let's just, sorry about that. Um, you would say, what are the odds you'd pick up the phone? And then from there, she would say a number like 10. And we would say three, two, one, and we'd both say a number between one and 10. And then from there, if we say the same number, we have to do it. So we're playing this game. It's three in the morning, we're kind of tired. And one of our friends says, to one of my buddies, what are the odds you shave your head? And he's like, one in 50. And he's like, okay. So they go three, two, one, 47. They both say 47. Oh. So he's a man of his word, has integrity. Zzz, zzz, shaved it off at three in the morning. And then whenever breakfast came the next morning, everyone was a little shocked <laughs> when one of our buddies had his head shaved. But hey, he, he's a man of his word, had integrity. But, there we go. Yeah. I appreciate you, the veteran leadership of not shaving your own head and just having someone else shave. That's, that's well, classic. Well, I wasn't asked to do it. Otherwise, I would Of course. Of course. 
Um, okay, so let's, let's, let's take it a little, little deeper level now. As we're, we're talking about students, we're talking about that theme of, of uh, mattering now. And let's just hear a little bit of both of your guys' story. How did youth ministry impact your own personal story a little bit? Sarah, go ahead. Um, I honestly would not be up, up here today involved in youth if it weren't for the experience I had in the youth ministry here at Bethany when I was a student. Um, I had this idea that how could a God be real if terrible things happened to me? And I had a rough childhood. And I just didn't understand all of the hard things that I went through. And I was just like, how could this amazing God that everyone's like, he's loving and he cares about us. And then just like leave me there like out by myself and feel like I had nobody and no one to talk to. And so I was like, these people are fake. <laughs> and then when I moved up into the high school here at Bethany, I met another person and I was like, he's fake. He's not real. Um, that was still, <laughs> sorry. Um, I didn't like him. He was telling me all these stories about this, this, this being that I was just like, there's no way this God is loving. There's no way he could be real with all these terrible things out in the world. Um, I hadn't experienced it at home. I hadn't experienced it at church yet I was just like I didn't I didn't get it and then eventually like I had this amazing woman who came up right beside me and was like I'm gonna love on you whether you like it or not and I was just like okay and like they truly showed me this amazing love of Jesus where I saw it and it impacted my life for the first time when I was in high school where I had a leader just show up for me love on me ask me how I was doing and actually meant it and like wanted and allowed me to talk about the things that I had experienced in life. And I slowly was shown by these other leaders stepping up, by Mama Jay, by Stu, by Dave and Sarah, by just stepping up and being like, I'm here, I'm, I'm real, and I'm going to love you no matter where you're at, no matter where you're from or your background. Like, this is real. And they're like, and we love you because this is how God loves you. And it truly showed me, like, the love of God for the first time in my life. That's awesome. I'm glad we worked past the hating me part. I appreciate that. You grew that. on me. You grew on me. <laughs> <laughs> I just wore her down, I guess. All right, John, how about you? Yeah, so I had the awesome opportunity um, whenever I was at my youth ministry back in Pennsylvania. I had just a lot of solid friendships, and to this day, um, I actually was talking to one of them an hour ago, and he's actually probably watching this. Hi, Jacob. Um, but yeah, I've had just a lot of awesome friends through that through the youth ministry, but the biggest thing on top of it was loving adults who were willing to just show up in my life. I remember Paul Schaefer, Dr. White, uh, Vic Schaefer, all these people, Tom Lilly, all these people who just showed up. I remember one of them showed up to my swim meets. To this day, that has impacted me because they said they cared, you know, that you hear that, but they really showed it. They really showed it with their actions, and they were able to show me that like, okay, maybe if this person cares about me and loves me and sees me, maybe Jesus does too. And they played a massive role in my relationship with Jesus. That's incredible. If you've ever experienced that where people are showing up in your, in your life, it's, it's so powerful. So it's, it's cool to hear. All right, another question. This is more focused on kids themselves. I know you're from Pennsylvania, so I, I'm assuming kids have the same needs, but maybe they're different out there. Pennsylvania's weird. I don't maybe know. it is. We'll see. Um, what do you think kids are dealing with right now? I think kids are dealing with trying to find out who they really are. I think they're in a time in their life, in their adolescence, where they're like, you know, I can start making decisions for myself. I start picking out my own clothes. You start, you start getting a phone and Instagram, TikTok, all these things. And everybody in their life is telling them exactly who they should be. Parents, siblings, teachers, peers. 
and social media is everywhere, TV shows, like they're being told exactly who they should be while they're still trying to figure out who they are. And I don't know about you, that's incredibly confusing. And I think they don't really see truly who they are and who God made them to be because of all of this input coming from all these different channels. And I think it's one of the biggest things that we go through as humans is truly finding out who we really are without the influence of other people affecting that. That's a great, great assessment. How about you, John? Yeah, so whenever I was like walking along, kind of like my Young Life kids back, back in Pennsylvania, one of the things I would say to them is sports, relationships, friends, all, grades, all of those things are really great things, but they're terrible saviors. They're terrible things to look to for your purpose, your identity, for your joy, for those things that you're really banking on. And at the end of the day, they're just going to leave you falling short. So recognizing that, again, Jesus is the one that's going to give you the life to the fullest and life that, that was meant to be lived, relationship with him, that's moment by moment, day by day. Um, yeah, that's just something that I think kids, as well as what was Sarah was saying, but just recognizing that they're great things, but they're terrible saviors. Yeah. yeah and I think when we think about this concept of, of identity, I, I think and when you're in high school or junior high, it is so hard to, to figure out who you are. And, and so as we think about that, and we've heard some of the things kids are dealing with, how, how can student ministry step in? How can, how can we really show them that they actually do matter now if we want to use that theme? Yeah. Um, honestly, I think the best part about being in this, this ministry is that I get to show up for them just the way that like other adults showed up for me. And that's a direct parallel of how Jesus shows up in our life. It's not perfect, right? We're all human, right? I'm not Jesus. <laughs> but I get to give a small example of what that love is like, of what it means to show up for somebody and that they're important. Because they're getting it from everyone. They're getting it from teachers, parents, siblings. They're like, you know what, you're weird right now. And like you're going to matter in the future when you're an adult or when you're married, when you go to college. That's when you're going to count. But the truth of the matter is they count now. Their whole human being now and God created them and this is their life and their journey and they're so amazing and I get to see it every day when kids walk into my room when I go to track meets and see them run and go to all those amazing things because they're truly amazing people and it's not a job for me it's truly it's truly just a life a lifestyle and I love getting to do it because they're the most important and I, I love them to death and I think that's how we really show them who God is is by showing up the way Jesus does. Yeah, it's that, that incarnational ministry that Jesus modeled for us. And I don't know if you've ever been to a sporting event with Sarah Parker, but um, she loud, she's loud. She, she yells really loud. So she doesn't need a bullhorn. If you're like Micah and you're running down the track, she's like there with him, like, Micah! Like, it's crazy. So you might distance yourself a little more. I lost hearing in one ear a little bit, just a little. So she's just, she's great. Um, John, how about you? Yeah, one thing I just, I actually just want to say to the kids right now who are in blue. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I just want to say, you're not the, ch you are the church now. You're not the future church. You're the church now. Uh, there's a guy in the Bible, his name's Paul, and he was writing to, writing to a, one of his guys that he was discipling. And he said, don't look anyone look down at you because you are young but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. So you matter now. You can change your school now because of your relationship with Jesus. Jesus can change the world because of you. I'm not saying you, you matter now, not five months from now, not five years from now, now. 
you're the church now, okay? So I just really want to just hone in on that. And then again, I think just having that, one of the things I always say is the board of directors of, for your kid, um, whether that's a grandparent, a coach, a teacher, not just, yes, your mom and your dad, there's a super, super influential, but just having those loving adults who really show up and care is also super influential and just showing that that's the way that kid ma kids matter. Yeah, that's, that's huge. I've, I've watched it with my own kids, and, and when the youth guy showed up in their, their lives, they just lit up. So it, it, it's a really, really important thing. That's, that's awesome. All right, so here we are. We're sitting here as a church, and we're listening to the youth people, and that's all great, great for the youth people. But, but I think a question that we can ask as an entire church is, how can we get involved? How can we help in what's going on with kids? Um, honestly, you guys can pray for us. You can pray for these amazing students that walk in the doors. You can pray for the students and the friends that they're going to be inviting. Pray for us. It's, sometimes it's a battle. It really is a battlefield sometimes, and it is extremely difficult and hard, but we're still in it. For, so if you guys just pray for us, that's a great place to start. There's loads of places you guys can jump in. And if you have, like, a heart for youth and you're sitting out there and you're like, you know what, like, what they're saying is, like, is touching my heart, like, I totally get it because this is an amazing time period to get involved in people's lives. I still talk to, to my mama Jay. I still go over and have coffee with her and catch up. This is a huge opportunity for you to impact people's lives with the love of Jesus and bring kids to the feet and just, and just truly have them believe in God because of the example that you're setting. And if that is something that you're passionate about and you're like, I kind of, I'm kind of interested. I'm a little scared, but I'm a little interested. There's so many areas that you can jump in. And even if you're like, I don't know about like being in a cabin with rowdy kids and making weird noises. I totally get it. There's places for everybody. We need help. At, we do events all throughout the year. There's more than spots at camp than just, than just being a cabin leader and being silly with them. There's so many spots you can jump in, but Get involved. Do, like pray. Get other people involved. Send your kids. It's a great community. It's a great opportunity for everyone involved, including like us adults who are running the ministry. That's great, y'all. I'm I'm still going to camps and stuff, so you can do it. I promise. <laughs> I'm not young, just so you know. Oh, stop it, Stu. <laughs> I know, John. Yeah, that's really awesome. But I think the first thing I would really say is honestly ask the Holy Spirit. Um, your involvement is going to depend on what the Lord wants you to. It may, you might be to step out of your comfort zone and be a leader and join us on the mission that we're doing, which is really awesome. Or it might be you bring food or bring a chair or open up your house. It doesn't, it looks, it doesn't look one specific thing. It's not a cookie cutter thing. But one thing I just wanted to say is that I had a mentor, um, multiple, but Papa Dane, who I talk to once a month, he is 76 years old. He is not cool at all. <laughs> He's probably watching this, Papa Dane, and he, do, he knows it. He's probably laughing his butt off right now. But he really loved me and really loved Jesus, and that was enough. So he was willing to show up. He was willing to just be in my life and sit with me in the messiness and really just love on me, and that's truly what made a difference. Uh, I remember I was working before I came here, and my coworkers would always say, man, John, you spend a lot of time with your young life kids. Like, do you have a life? And I was like, no, oh, I have friends. Like, I have friends outside of stuff. But they're like, man, you, you spend a lot of time. 
and I said, yeah. And they're like, wouldn't you rather be doing anything else? And I said, honestly, in the grand scheme of eternity, not really. To be able to point these kids to just the abundant life that Jesus offers, I can't think of anything better to be doing with my time, to be honest. And I just want you guys, if you know, if the Lord's stirring you in your heart, like, join us on our mission. It's really awesome, and uh, it's really crazy and really fun. So awesome. Hey, we're going we're gonna to thank these two. They are incredible. Let's just thank them. They are, I love hearing their heart. And honestly, they're just the head leaders. There are so many incredible leaders. There's some of them here. I just want to thank that give timeless hours to having coffees with kids at six in the morning or opening their homes and making meals with incredible treats and baked goods. And then we stay there till like 10 at night. I mean, there's so many things happening with leaders pouring into kids and just being being what, what they both just talked about, it, being there with kids where the kids can feel like they're seen, known, and loved. And that is something that is so powerful, that kids just feel that, that feeling of you matter now. But, but when we think about you matter now in, in the context of students, this isn't just one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's cool for students. They matter now. They're not going to wait till they're adults and then matter. Like, I think this is something that, that we all can kind of take something from and go, oh, this is, this is a struggle that I think a lot of us have trying to figure out who we are. And, and maybe we, we don't struggle with things that students struggle with, like, what am I wearing? Uh, who's sitting with me at the lunchroom? I hope I make the varsity team. All those things that students go through. But for adults, things are a little bit, little bit more complex. We've adapted a little. We've gotten a little more stealthy. And so as we're trying to answer the question of if we matter, we're look, looking at other people in our lives. We're looking at, at our, our boss, our coworkers, our, our family, our kids, the different people that, that are in our lives and in our world. And, and really what we're, we're doing is, is we're saying, who has sway and whomever has sway in my life is who I'm going to receive those different opinions about who I am. And, and so we go to people to answer this question of who are we? When really, that's a crazy place to get the answer for that question because I think we all can understand that people let us down, right? People let us down. No matter how hard, how great a person they are, at some point they let us down. We have high expectations. We have timelines. There's things that we, we hope are going to happen. And people let us down. And, and then we feel like, man, maybe, maybe I don't matter. Maybe things aren't what they're supposed to be. And, man, I, I want to I tell you guys, uh, those of you that are feeling like, I don't matter. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, all I'm in is, is, is lonely. I, I'm, I'm anxiety-ridden. I'm, I'm depression-ridden. That's all I am. I'm devalued as a person. I want to let you know that God says something completely different. God says something completely different. And, and you need to hear this. You are so much more than that. You're so much more than that. And God says it in his scripture. 
And he has lots of different scriptures that talk about who we are and, and how valuable we are. I pick a couple that, that I love that, that I go to as kind of my go-tos. Genesis 1.27 says that God created mankind in his own image. And that's, that's huge when you think about the God of the universe created you and I in, in his image. We are image bearers of God. He didn't create a lower level. He said, no, I'm going to make you just like me. And that's a pretty high value. And then look at what David says about, about how God created him. He says that, that God created his inmost being and that he's fearfully and wonderfully made. That's, that's powerful language that has to, has to make you stop and go, wait a second. I think I might be created special. I am a unique and special person because God says I am. But yet, as we live our lives, that's not always what we realize, right? If it's the truth, that that's the truth, why is it so hard that we believe that or understand that? Why is it so hard? Why do we struggle to believe that that's really what God says? Because Honestly, I'll, I'll give you something that I think, and I'm just going to submit this to you. It's because we believe the lies. We believe what people tell us. We hear what people say. The voices that Pastor Josh talked about that, that muttered to Zacchaeus, we hear those voices and we say, that might be true. And pretty soon we're agreeing with it. We, we make an agreement and say, yeah, I am I am." weak. I am devalued. I am, I am just that, that horrible person. And, and we buy into these, these, these untruths. And so who we are becomes what people say we are, not what God says we are. Even though we may know this truth, we may know those scriptures, you may have seen those many times, or you may have seen that for the first time. The hardest thing is believing it. The hardest thing is believing it and, and going, wow, I don't need to believe all these other voices and all these, these things that people say. And see, we, we forget the truth. We forget what God says about us, that we are special. You see, these lies, they're, they're coming from what I would call a cunning source. A cunning source. And, and it's a source that, that I think we sometimes don't recognize, um, but it's a source that I think we need to talk about. And so we're going to talk a little bit about where some of these lies come from. And I think Peter says an incredible, incredible thing about this situation. He wrote a couple letters. He's one of the disciples of Jesus. He hung out with Jesus, one of his closest friends. Um, and, and he wrote a couple letters. And in 1 Peter 5, 8 to 9, it's in this incredible part where he gives us some tools to kind of handle what we're talking about as we, we wrestle with who we are and, and, and believing lies versus the truth. He says this, he says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So that's a pretty heavy verse, okay? It has the word devil in it. Like, we don't like to talk about that too much. But, but I feel like there's three things here that are really important to remember. There's three things that I want you guys to take away from that scripture that I think help us as we wrestle with believing lies and untruths in our lives. The first one is to be alert. It says, be alert and sober-minded. Be on the ready. Be, be on guard. Like, 
be prepared because he says we have an enemy and his name is the devil. But, but this isn't the devil, I think, that's pictured in a lot of uh, media and stuff. The, the red jumpsuit, the horns, the pitchfork, the little squiggly tail. That's, that's not the kind of devil we're talking about here. It says he prowls around. He's cunning. He's sneaky. He's not just putting little potholes in our life, little speed bumps. He's creating cunning little ways to slip things into our mind and make us believe that Man, maybe I, maybe I am just a, a piece of garbage. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm not good at that. Maybe I, I am depressed all the time. And, and we start to believe them. So be alert because we have an enemy. Second one is resist him. He says, resist him. Like we can actually resist this, this cunning, really incredible guy. We can resist him. And it says how? It says by standing firm in the faith. Standing firm in the faith and believing what we just talked about, that that the truth is we are special. God made us image bearers of him, that we are unique and special beings, and we aren't what we've believed. Maybe maybe for a long time, maybe for a short time, we aren't those those lies that we've bought into. You know, I I had a student uh, come talk to me about a week or two ago, and, and we talked quite a few times, and he said, you know, I've always been wrestling with these thoughts in my mind. I've struggled with these thoughts. And I just always believed they were true, even though I knew they weren't. I just, I just kind of agreed, yeah, I guess I am insignificant. I'm not that important. And he said, you know what? I realized that I can resist that. Like I, I can say no to those, those thoughts in my head. And he, and he went on to say, I can trust the truth. I can trust that God's, what God said is true, that I am important, that I am valuable, that I do matter, and I matter right now. And it's such an important message to hear. And I, I think it's great to hear as a student, but we can also all learn from that and understand how important and valuable that is, what he was talking about. And he hasn't figured it out. He still has struggles, just like the scripture says, you know, all throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. We're not alone. Lots of us are struggling with, with these, these different lies that we're believing. But the truth is that God loves us. He wants us, see, us to know that we're seen, known, and loved in such a way that we matter now. Not just, not just for students now, and not just because I said you matter now. It's because God said you matter now. You matter now. And that's really the big idea I want you guys to take away tonight uh, is that, that you matter now because God says you matter now. Let that sink in for a minute. You matter now because God says you matter now. It's, it's easy to, to read that and say, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's, that's truth. But it's so hard to live our lives and believe it. Because we jump right into believing the lies, believing the untruths, hearing the social media whispers of I'm not enough. My, my life doesn't look as good as everybody else's. But the truth is you do. You matter now because God says you matter now. And, and you matter now because you are a unique creation. You're created special. You're an image bearer of God. You're redeemed and you're loved more than anything you could imagine. God loves you with all all his heart. And there's an incredible scripture that, that talks about this that I think I want to end with. 
and it's Romans 8, 14, 15. I like to read different translations of the Bible. One of my favorite translators is J.B. Phillips. He did this translation. Uh, he's an old Anglican priest, and, and he uh, made it so that his, his folks could understand it because all they had was the King James Version. So he writes it this way. He says, all who follow the leading of God's spirit are God's own sons, nor are you meant to relapse into the old slavish attitude of fear. You've been adopted into the very family circle of God, and you can say with a full heart, Father, my Father. We don't have to live in the fear that those lies are true. We don't have to believe those any longer. I love how it says we're adopted into God's family circle. If you know anything about adoption, you know that, that someone that you adopt becomes a part of your family. You take on their last name. If they're siblings, they're your brothers and sisters. You're a part of the family. And, God, and Paul's saying God has adopted you into his family circle with Jesus, the son of God. You're a part of that family. You're an image bearer of him. You matter so much more than you'd ever believe. And that's, that's what I, I think God wants you to hear tonight, that you matter because God says you matter. I hope you believe that truth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you and pray that, that you would receive that promise right now. Would you, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you cared so much for us and you care for us right now and you, you love us uh, like a heavenly father, but you love us like an earthly father. And God, you, you made us so special and so unique. And God, I pray that each of us here that's struggling with understanding who we are and listening to voices, listening to social media, listening to all the noise in their world, I just pray that they could say stop and resist and stand firm in the faith that you are our savior, you're our God, and we matter more than we'd ever believe. I pray this all in your name. Amen.